We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is February 16th, 2023. We have officially reached the All-Star break. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, I don't know about you. I don't feel good. You know, <laughs> the, 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 the commercial that we hear five million times every Magic game. But I am very happy that the All-Star break is here for the Magic. For us, what's up? Um, yeah, my my wife Lauren says that they need to ban the commercial. And uh, on nights that we're losing, I completely agree. On nights when we're winning, like in the first half yesterday, and that commercial comes on, I'm I'm dancing to it. You know, I, you get a little head bob subconsciously. You just get going, like the little Jay Z shoulders start bob, going a little, a little bit. Shoulder, you know? shoulder, yeah. uh huh. And uh, but yeah, all in all, I can't stand it. Um, but uh, yeah, I would have loved to to win that game, right? I mean, I I thought that you know, so Lauren and I just our in laws offered to keep Harper, and so after that, uh, we took them off, took them up on that, and so we just did a little sushi to go, little uh, little chocolate, you know, dipping melting chocolate, put it in the little you know, melt it, get some fruit in there, and then we got a little uh, little pink moscato right here for those on YouTube. And, you know, great. And then we were, everything was, you know, the game tips off, putting the daughter down, able to get back to the game. So I I was feeling great going into last night, but uh, I was feeling great after the first half, and then I wasn't feeling so good, Pitbull. So. Yeah, we'll get into all of that. We'll recap the games Monday, Tuesday, the little did road back Did you guys do anything? Back. We did not. We chilled. It's just been the last you know year and a half has been so crazy and then like you're finally happy and relieved to be in the house but it's just been one thing after the other like every single day somebody's been here mm-hmm. fixing something on the house that wasn't finished before we moved in or like new stuff that we're having installed or we're unpacking like we've been in the house now uh this weekend will be like our third week in the house today we finally just got wire racks in the closets and wire racks in our food pantry we've been living out of we've been making dinner out of bags on the floor the last three (laughs) weeks Mm -hmm. we've been getting dressed out of boxes the last three weeks because we haven't had anywhere to hang our clothes so we were just like we're just gonna chill what did we even have for dinner last night i don't remember what we had for dinner last night but we literally (laughs) just chilled and watched the game and and kind of hung out and uh, yeah, a very uh, unromantic Valentine's Day for your boy, which Damn. is not like me. Uh, dumb holiday. I, I always anyway, do the flowers. Okay. I do the candy. I do the card. But there's this Italian restaurant in our hometown that we have gone to like the last like seven Valentine's days in a row. It's like our Valentine's Day spot. I remember watching the Magic destroy the Charlotte Hornets in 2019 on Valentine's yep. Day. Watching the game on, on my phone, had it propped up on the little cab, the napkin holder, and mm-hmm. the waitresses are walking by, like, "Look at this douchebag 
watching <laughs> basketball on Valentine's Day with I, his wife. Something, and this is my last point regarding Valentine's Day. Something Lauren relieved me of that is just load lifted for me is that she told me, chill. She told me. You said it. You told me that chill. She, you're the one she, she, t- she told out me that. Phrases like that. That she doesn't care about flowers. She doesn't want flowers. She doesn't really care. She's like, they're going to die soon anyway. Like, I, no point. She's like, I just don't see it. So, like, some girls love flowers. But Lauren doing that was just like the best thing ever. So I, I don't, I'm not obligated. And it's great. And then I, we just do, you know, whatever date night of our, of our choosing if we want to. But neither of us are big Valentine's Day people anyway. So, you know, we're not either. We just like, yeah, you just kind of go through the, you got the tradition. Yeah. It's, yeah. Of course. It's tradition. You know, it's just, another I don't day, think Valentine's hey. anybody's favorite holiday. Let's be clear, but it's yeah. something. It's a little hallmarks, you know, hallmarks. Yeah. I don't know. We don't do that, but. Yeah, they're there. They make money, so that's why it's their favorite holiday. I'm, I'm sure. Anyways, exactly. People don't want to hear about our uh, boring love life. Not that my love life is boring. I, there's plenty of stuff going on here. None of you worry about your boy. I got three kids to prove, you know, to prove it. But uh, honey, if you're listening, we don't have a boring love life. We are. The spark is very much lit. The the human torch might be gone from Orlando, but the the torch is not gone from my marriage. Stop. If you know what I'm I need, saying, I I need I need to get out of here. I, okay, next, all right. next. All right. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's talk about our upcoming watch party coming up on March the third at six thirty. We'll be at Burton's eight hundred one East Washington Street to watch our beloved Orlando Magic take on the Charlotte Hornets. You might have heard of our legendary watch parties. At this point, I'm going to say they're legendary. We are 5-1 and one on the year, Orlando Magic Watch Parties. Make sure that you guys come out. They're always a lot of fun. It's always a great atmosphere, always a great time, even more so when we get the W. We've had some watch parties that, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't win these games of these, you know, like we're playing the Boston Celtics. You're playing the Chicago Bulls. Maybe you shouldn't win those games. The Magic find a way to win games when the six-man show has watch parties with Michelob Ultra and the Orlando Magic. This game we're playing Charlotte. This is a game that the Magic should and will need to win. So it, they're going to be in the thick of the playoff race, in the thick of the play-in hunt. Make sure that you guys come out. It's going to be a great time again. Take out your, your iPhone right now. Go to your calendar app. Press March 3rd. Put in a little mm-hmm. reminder. Mm-hmm. Burton's 801 East Washington Street, the six-man show watch party. You will not regret it. Make sure that you come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get into the state of the Magic, Luke. This week, the Magic went 1-1, one and one, which brings them to a record of 24-35. and 35. They still have the fifth worst record in the league. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference. Currently four games back of Washington for the final play-in spot. As we look at the standings, they're four games back of Washington for the 10th spot. They are four games back of Toronto for the 9th spot. They are three games back of Chicago for 11, and they're just one game back. They are one game back of the Indiana Pacers, who the Magic play the Indiana Pacers next week. The Pacers are playing the Chicago Bulls right now. They are down 13 in the second quarter. If they lose that game, Luke, we will be just a half game back of the Indiana Pacers. And then listen to this. When the Pacers come back next Thursday, the 23rd, they play the Boston freaking Celtics. So there is a chance that we are going into our game with Indiana next Saturday with a chance to finally go from 13th, which we have been at 13th for seemingly like two months now. We have a real chance to jump them and become 12th. And then you're sitting there and you got just a couple of teams ahead of you uh, to try to get to 10 to make the playing spot. So very, very exciting stuff going on right now on the year the magic have an offensive rating of 111.3 which ranks 25th in the league they have a defensive rating of 113.9 which ranks 17th in the league they jumped from 21st to 17th uh in since our last episode so just in the last two games they've jumped from 21st to 17th in the league in defensive rating their overall net rating is negative 2.6 which is good for 25th in the league so now that the magic are what 59 games into the regular season. I want to give folks, because I feel like that 5-20 and 20 start just 
has skewed this season so much in terms of like advanced analytics. If we go back to just the beginning of December, where pretty early in December, you know, the Magic go on that big win streak. Since December 1st, so in 37 games, the Magic are 23rd in offensive rating. So not a big jump there. But Luke, they are 8th in defensive rating. The last two and a half months, the last 37 games, the Magic have a defensive rating of 113.0, which again is good for 8th in the league. And their overall net rating is negative 0.5, which is 22nd in the league. So a little bit of a jump in uh, overall net rating there. But it just goes to show you the 5-20 and 20 start, like really, obviously for uh, purposes in terms of like their standings in the Eastern Conference, the way that they rank in terms of efficiency stacked up against other teams in the league, Luke, like that 5-20 and 20 start was a big deal. Yeah, and like you said, the the defense has been the biggest revelation that this team has had. And that's something that we've obviously had on our radar for a while. You know, once this team gets healthy, all that sort of thing that this is, you know, you've said it a million times. There's no reason this team shouldn't be top 10 in defensive rating. That's what you're seeing. And yeah, I mean, that's another point we've made obviously is you start five and 20, but you're the most injured team in the league. And it's hard to not kick yourselves for just wishing we could win a, a few more games there because you got teams like Indiana and to producer Kevin's credit called it months ago, a couple months ago, maybe that Indiana would, that he had was of the thought that Indiana would free fall. And that's the case. They're one and nine in their last 10 and they're probably going to lose the bulls tonight. They're losing right now. So if y'all in the future, uh, maybe you guys know already, but we, we could easily be there right there with Indiana so that 5-20 and 20 start is very frustrating because it's like we wouldn't have had to waste all this time, you know, trying to basically make up so much ground. And that's all this is. But, yeah, I mean, defense has been incredible. Offense has its moments, but a lot of times when they're playing great offense, they're letting go of the rope on defense. And we saw that in Toronto. And it's just it's just an issue. I would much rather this team just lock down on defense and let the buckets come to them. And it's just, you know, they got to figure that out themselves even though we think they know that already. And to the point about, you know, the Indiana Pacers, like uh, the beginning of the year, they were you know, still kind of, uh, you know, in the, the playoff race, uh, but they missed 10 games, um, like the middle of January through the rest of January. They missed 10 games from Tyrese Halliburton. They went one and nine in that stretch. But in the seven games since he's been back, they're one and six. So they are, are very much free falling. So that's what the last... 17 games are like two and 15 like mm-hmm. i mean we've we've had a, a stretch similar to that early in the season thoughts and prayers to the indiana pacers fans <laughs> they got to be going through it right now but we're going to talk about this about this toronto game like when you have games that are super important in terms of standings you have to capitalize if not we're going to be sitting here the second week of april sitting on the couch saying well shoulda coulda woulda should have won this game. We could have won this game. We would have won this game if. But if you don't start capitalizing on these opportunities when they present themselves, this team is going to fall short of the plan. So I know we're going to talk about all of that in more detail, but it's important to just kind of contextualize the magic season. To me, it's like we've had two separate seasons. You know, you had the the five and twenty start. And the Magic are what, like 19 and, and 14 or 19 and 16 since that point, something like that. So um, 19 and 15, I believe, now that I'm looking at the 24 and 35 record. Again, I'm not great at math, never have been. But the Magic, when people say the Magic are bad, this is that's what annoys me as I smack my microphone because I'm so angry. If you look at their overall record, sure. But, and this was an is this anything from last night? The Magic last night through 58 games have the best record of all time from any team that has started 5-20 and 20 or worse. The Magic are officially the best 5-20 and 20 team of all time. <laughs> that is not hyperbole. That is not bias. That is a statistical fact. If you have an issue with that, you can take it up with David Steele. That's right. But when I saw that, I was like, I felt kind of validated because we're like, mm-hmm. this team is not bad. Yeah. Incredibly injured to start the season. You had some tough losses. You had the tough winning or losing streak, rather. 
But to sit back and say, for any team that's ever started in the history of the NBA that has started 5-20 and 20 or worse, through 58 games, the Magic have the best record of any of those teams. And that kind of validates just everything that we've been saying, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you think about like a point that I have said is like, if for the people last year, right, they were like, you know, we need to tank, we need to tank, we need to tank. Of course, you feel vindicated, right? Like you get the number one pick, you get Palo. But at the same time, I was saying this team is not as bad as the record shows. We were saying that last year. I was saying this team technically like, like from a talent standpoint, what they've got on the roster, the potential they've got, this team shouldn't have any business getting the number one pick. Like we were not that bad. And and so it comes to that point. Like we, this, it's interesting, like the jump that we're going to probably see between last year's 22 wins and this year's X amount of wins. 30 plus. Um, 30 plus. And, um, you know, you just look at it and you're like, wow, that's a huge jump. But it's like, yeah, well, last year they were, you know, screwed by injury as well and tanking. So nobody was on your side, really, besides the, the players that were active and the coaches on the bench. So, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how much this team can improve and show us that, like, this isn't a, a lottery or a, like a, a top five lottery team. Like, we've been hanging out here for what seems like forever with the fifth worst record in the league. And I just hope that, you know, this team can continue to make up ground and, then, you know, you don't basically lose to the clock because that might be exactly what happens. This is a playoff play-in team, but if you get beat by the clock, you get beat by the clock, and I think you might. Some injury updates. Chuma Okeke, after missing, I think it was close to two months, Luke, he returned Tuesday versus Toronto after he had that chondroplasty in his left knee. Had some some cleanup there. He returned on Tuesday versus the Toronto Raptors. Jonathan Isaac, after playing Monday night versus the Chicago Bulls, he was out Tuesday versus Toronto for the left knee injury management. We said this really forever that once Jonathan came back, he wasn't going to be playing back-to-backs. Now, yesterday morning, Tuesday morning, when Kobe Price tweeted that Jonathan Isaac was not listed on the injury report, I was like, okay, well, wait a minute here, because Mm -hmm. I believe technically on the second game of a back-to-back, you don't have to submit like your final injury report until 1.30 local time. Mm. So I was like, okay, I know that he's not on the injury report right now, but let's wait a little bit. But I did start to get a little bit excited because I was about to think that just goes to show for the 15th millionth time, Luke and I have no idea what is going on when it comes <laughs> to these injuries, when it comes to rehabbing and everything, because I would have bet a lot of money that Jonathan Isaac would not play a back-to-back this season. So far, that seems to be the case. We are seeing his minutes bumped up a little bit as we go here. But Chuma Okeke coming back on Tuesday, he played, I think it was like 12 and a half minutes. So and David Steele, Jeff Turner made this point on the broadcast. He was essentially just plugged into whatever Jonathan Isaac's minutes would have been if he played. Mm-hmm. So we were super close to having an actually fully healthy roster for the first time in over three seasons. But Cole Anthony missed Monday. He missed Tuesday with some wrist pain. No updates right now in terms of how long he's going to be out. I'm guessing going to get some R&R over the All-Star break. He's in Nassau on the Bahamas right now, living it up, having a good time, I'm sure. So let's get him back after the All-Star break, get Cole Anthony back into the lineup. I know we'll talk about this, but both games, Monday and Tuesday, the bench unit that has been such a strength for the Magic the last few weeks really was not so good Monday and Tuesday, and I think a big part of that was Cole Anthony not being in the lineup. A couple more pieces of news here. I know we've got a lot of news going on on this episode. Paolo Bancaro, it's been announced that he is going to participate in the NBA Kia Skills Challenge on Saturday night. So it's kind of the same format as last year where you have the three trios. So you have the Antetokounmpo's again, Alex Antetokounmpo, Giannis, Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Uh, So they're going to be their own separate team. We talked about this actually on the last episode. Then the Jazz, I think last year it was the Cavs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, This year it's going to be the Jazz. So Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, and then Colin Sexton. That's a heck of a trio there. And then the Rooks, the rookies, Paolo Bancaro, Jaden Ivey, Jabari Smith Jr., Luke. Are you excited to see Paolo in the skills challenge? 
maybe. I just uh, want him to rest. Like, well, I'm happy that he's getting this opportunity, but come on, man. I, this I kid needs to rest. Well, sure, but also I don't think that he's going to go 110%. Uh, I don't think it's his personality. I don't think that. I think he's going to be kind of like the the rookies. You know, last year was it Cleveland that was kind of sluggish. Too cool. For I think school. that's yeah, which is fine. I get it. You probably think like oh, I'm doing it because I'm I need to say yes to everything right now, and, and just continue to get my name out there, build my brand. But I also think that he'll go into it and just kind of go at half speed. If that, I wouldn't be shocked. To, to see that that's how that plays out. I don't think they care. I don't really care. Uh, I love that he's in the Rising Stars game, and I hope that's a lot, lot of fun. But also, like this, like I just don't really care that much about this competition. So cool that he gets to do it. He's getting recognized, and that's what Orlando needs, and that's what he needs. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, I, I'm not I'm not too, you know, excited about it. So I, originally I wasn't too excited about it, but the more that I started to think about it, so we're going to see him Friday night in the Rising Stars game, and then we're going to see him Saturday night in the Skills Challenge. He has, like, it's not even close. He has not gotten anywhere near the amount of national recognition that he should have up to this point. Like, if he played in Boston or Chicago or New York or Los Angeles or you know Houston or Dallas or any of these other big market teams, it's all we would be talking about on ESPN. Now, yes, last couple of weeks going through a little bit of a slump. Looks like he's hitting the rookie wall. But October, November, all of December, they would have been fawning over this kid on a daily basis, I believe, had he been drafted to a team with a, a bigger market than Orlando. Friday night, he's going to have an awesome opportunity to kind of put the league and the national media on notice of just how good he is. And then when you look at a guy like him, 6'10", 250, massive. Everybody says this. You see the kid in person, you realize he's so much bigger than you had anticipated. Show them how skilled you are in this skills challenge, that you're not just this big body. Show them the passing. Show them the shooting. Show them that you have this bag because he does have a quote-unquote bag. I know people hate that. I st- <laughs> the bag term is still cool to me. I still like the bag. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool analogy. I really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, what else are you going to say? Repertoire? His arsenal, show off your skill set, whatever you (laughs) nerds. So show your skills. Like I want to, I want to see Paolo go all out in this. Like I, I know I said like rest, but if you're going to do it, just go all out, win the thing, show off, show these people like, no, anything that I'm here to take part in, I'm a killer. I'm, I'm not coming to, to be a part of this. I'm coming to win. So I would really like to see that. Yeah. Some people don't care and that's fine. I just like seeing our guys when they're in stuff, show off, show people that we don't suck, put on for the O, and and get us some positive media light. It would be nice. Last piece of Magic news here. The Magic have signed Goga Bataze uh, to a contract, to a two-year contract, as a matter of fact. Two-year contract. I'm guessing it's the rest of this year and then next year. I'm not sure whether or not that is fully guaranteed. I'll have to pull up spot track here. But Goga Bataze, uh, in four seasons so far in his career, he averages 11 minutes a game, 4.8 points per game, 2.8 rebounds, just under an assist, shoots 48% from the floor, 25% from behind the arc, definitely not a shooter, almost 60% on twos for his career, and then 67.9% from the free throw line. This year, he uh, appeared in 21 games, with the Indiana Pacers, spent all four of his years in the league with the Indiana Pacers, and this year he averaged 9.6 minutes, 3.3 points, 2.3 rebounds, shot 51% from the floor. So this is not by any means, I think, a a big splash signing. You don't really make big splash signings after like the trade deadline, unless it's you know like a a big buyout, like Terrence Ross going to the Phoenix Suns which I, that's going to take me some time to get over. I know we're, we're I know it's over and he doesn't play for our team anymore, but it's going to take me a while to to get over that and to get used to that. But this is very much just insurance having a, another backup center of the Magic Trader Way Mo Bamba. You know, you've got Wendell Carter Jr. who from time to time will have these kind of small nagging injuries that will cause him to miss a couple of games and in that 
instance, you have Mo Wagner step into the starting lineup, and then Goga you will be your, your backup big there, Luke. So what did you think of the, the Goga signing? Um, I mean, what like nobody's going to act like they've been watching Gogo Bataze until the last couple of days if you're a Magic fan. Uh, but just by the numbers, because genuinely I haven't done research on this guy because I don't see him seeing the floor um very much but uh i i don't know like i would like to see better rebounding numbers i mean if you're 611 we this team needs rebounding and i don't know that he is going to be that rebounder that i am hoping for um his per 36 like is when he like reaches like the almost nine rebounds a game mark and it's like i i need my big men to be closer to that number in way less than 36 minutes. So, uh, you know, is what it is. I, I wasn't blown away by this. Like you said, nothing that would make a splash and uh, we'll, we'll see what he, what he's able to do and it when he gets minutes, but I don't foresee it being much of anything. And I'm looking at spot track right now. They don't have any information on like the contract status of, of Goga right now. So, We'll continue to keep an eye on that. Again, it's a two-year deal. At least that's what was reported. I'm guessing it's the rest of this season and then probably has some you know, non-guaranteed money next season. I'm sure the Magic could... Sure, it's not a lot of money, but I'm sure the Magic could free up some cap space and, and waive him if they really needed to for whatever reason. I'm hoping we do see him in, in you know some aspect, some role at some point. A couple of minutes just to kind of see what he can do. You never know what a change in scenery can do for a player. So excited to see him, but I I'd probably agree with you. I don't see him getting minutes right now, barring some kind of injury to Wendell, to Mo Wagner, and maybe not even then. Who knows? Maybe then you have Chuma you know, in the second unit and you throw Jonathan Isaac as your backup five. Who knows? I really don't know. But um, the Magic needed to fill the roster spot. They did that. So welcome, Goga, to Orlando. And if you, you're able to crack the rotation, we'll, we'll see what you got. All right, want to give a quick shout out to those folks that help financially support the Six Man Show. If you haven't heard yet, we do have a Patreon community that you can join at patreon.com slash the Six Man Show. Starting at just two bucks a month, you can help support the show or you can join other tiers with additional benefits. We shout out our brand new patrons every episode when we have them. So I want to give a very special shout out to our boy Random Hustle, who not only joined our elite tier, he joined our elite tier at the annual level. He said, I love these guys so much. I'm going to give them all this money for the entire year. And we really, really appreciate that. Not only do we shout out our brand new patrons every episode, but we shout out all of our Hall of Fame and our elite tier patrons on every episode, which I'm going to take the honor of shouting them out right now, starting with Court Cousins. Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, normal Magic player history, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, It's Not OKK to Say Okiki, Pierre A, Migzors, Nostalgia, and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dotto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahin 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo Ban Himro, Arm Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Let's Spank Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Barry M, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Phantom Wolf 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, and Random Hustle. A big shout out to our elite tier and Hall of Fame tier patrons and all of our patrons, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Luke, Bulls game, Monday night, one of the Magic's best defensive performances of the season. It was not a pretty game offensively by any means for either team, specifically in regards to three-point shooting. The game starts and ends, Bulls shooting 3 of 21, good for 14.3% from the three-point line, 17 turnovers for the Magic, 16 turnovers for the Bulls, uh, the Magic were great defensively in this game, uh, but were just a little bit better offensively than the Chicago Bulls. But this is a game that you needed to win. Uh, a team, very talented team in the Chicago Bulls, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, uh, and the Magic, very, very healthy for this game and able to get the win, Luke. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about when when I say that this team has to, has to, has to hang their hat on that defensive end. That's This is what happens. You score 100 points. A lot of times when you score 100 points in this league, you lose. So the fact that you were able to, and it, this might be one of the, the, this is definitely one of the only times, I don't know if it's the only time, but the Magic won every quarter. And it's not because they were lighting it up. And, you know, you, you look at what the Bulls did as far as efficiency, like you said, 14% from three, 40% from the field. Like, th- these are things that happen that not just because the Bulls had a bad shooting night, because yes, they did, but the Magic were doing a great job on them defensively. Just attention to detail, doing the right thing, um, communicating on defense very obviously. So I was really proud of their effort defensively. And honestly, more more times than not, when they play super well defensively, I'm really not going to care too much about what they look like offensively when they have showed the 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 effort that they had against the Bulls. And the Bulls are already there was blood in the water. The Bulls have been struggling. They've been very low scoring their last few games. And so the Magic capitalize on that. They bring in intensity. They pack the punch. You win the first quarter by four points. And then, like I said, you don't lose another quarter in this game. I I thought that Franz was super impressive. 18 points on eight shots, too. In a game where like the rest of the offense is very mightily struggling, you needed that to keep you afloat. Markel Fultz flirting with that triple-double. I wanted him to get it so badly. And honestly, he ended up getting closer than I thought he would. There was like two and a half minutes left in the game, and he had eight rebounds and eight assists. And I was like, oh, there's no chance. He gobbles up two more rebounds. He gets another assist. And I was like, hold on a minute. But we we didn't end up getting it. But Markel and Franz, to me, on the offensive end of the court, were by far and away the best guys you had out there. So, I I mean, super impressive um, you know, for this team to get that win. It's a gutsy win. The Bulls easily could have used this as a bounce back. It's in Chicago. And the Magic weren't going to let it happen. You held DeRozan to 19 points on uh, on 20 shots. Um, Levine played well offensively, but went 0 for 3 from 3. You know, you'd look down the line, and this team's got a lot of a lot to be proud of on that defensive side of the ball in this game. Yeah, I mean, offensively, you know, you mentioned Franz, 18 points, 7 of 8 from the floor, 3 of 4 from behind the arc, added 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. And this was, you know, Paolo had that slump, and then, you know, we had a, another game against the Celtics at home, kind of bust out of that slump for a little bit, at least seemingly. And this game from Franz, I was like, oh my gosh, thankfully, like the, the slump is over. <laughs> we're I know we're going to talk about the Toronto game in a moment, but 
really not the case. It was like kind of false hope for a moment. And then it was a reminder of like, oh, yeah, these guys have been asked to do everything for this team over the course of the first 59 games. They are in very much need of a break. And I know we're excited to see those guys in the Rising Stars game. Part of me is like, I I almost wish that they weren't because I I want this team so badly to make the play-in. And a few more days of rest for those guys, I think, would go a long way. But at least... Something is is better than nothing. I mean, so Franz is going to play Friday, and then he'll have about one, two, three, four, five days off after that, which I guess is okay. He's got a couple of days between now and the Rising Stars game. Paolo is going to play Saturday, so he'll have one, two, three, four days off. It's really not a break. I know a few no. years ago the league kind of elongated this all-star break, but especially guys that are playing into Saturday night and Sunday night, it's really not that much of a break for those guys. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Tuesday versus the Toronto Raptors. So second night of a back-to-back has not been kind to the Magic all season long. I don't think they've won a game in back-to-back situations. I think at this point they're, they're either 0-5 won. or 0-6 on the season. Um just not able to win those second nights of of back-to-backs. And this first half was just a breakneck pace. We were talking about it in the group chat that it was just not sustainable second night of a back-to-back for this team to keep up this pace and be able to win this game. They allow Toronto to shoot 70% in the first half, 29 of 41. Toronto shot 45% from three. 20 assists, 11 turnovers for the Raptors in the first half. The turnovers, the 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 way that the Magic were able to turn the Raptors over, really not playing a ton of defense, it just like self-inflicted wounds on the Raptors' behalf, helped keep the Magic in it, as well as 10 of 11 from the free throw line for the Magic. But the Magic shoot 60% in the first half, 47% from the three-point line, 8 of 17, and score 70 points in the first half. Somehow... You let Toronto shoot 70% from the floor and you're up five at halftime. And my thought, Luke, was like, okay, if we can turn it on defensively in this second half, we'll be able to win this game. But instead, it was really Toronto stepping it up defensively in the second half. And our best players, Franz, Paolo, Cole Anthony was out of this game. But um, the guys who have been carrying that offensive load all season long, all of a sudden, not. I mean, Franz and Paolo in this game combined for 22 points on 22 shots. Like, that's just not going to be good enough. Thankfully, Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fulton, Jalen Suggs were all fantastic. Or this game probably isn't even close, Luke, and you end up losing by 10, 113 to 123. Yeah. I, first of all, the elephant in the room here. What what was Jakob Pertle on? Like the a lot of it was due to the magic. The magic did not handle him well. If you go back and look at his Jakob Pertle's full game highlights, you see that Jakob just literally can sometimes would find like a soft spot on the baseline, sink down low, get the ball to him, and get an easy bucket. You would see it be on a you know, on a pick and roll situation where Jakob would, would set the screen and then very clearly the magic defenders, whether it be Markel or and, and Wendell or whoever it might've been just stay on the guard and there's no communication and Jakob just slips rolls, you know, rolls to the basket and he's getting an easy two. So there was a lot of frustration last night on that end from that to, uh, to like you said, the offensive you know, rebounding for the Raptors, just defense not doing anything, just watching guys go right by and crash the boards. And the Magic are just caught with their hand in their pants and the Raptors are landing in on second chance points. Hey, that's what that's what we're going to call it here. So they might as well have been. So it, that was super frustrating. Um, and you score 43 in the second quarter and then you go on to score 43 in the second half 
And it's like you completely like you attempted, I guess, to maybe change like your schematics of like, oh, we're just gonna we're gonna run Toronto out of out of their gym in the first half. In the second half, they looked like they had no gas. And just to uh so as far as the record on back to backs, Jonathan, the magic, I believe now are one in ten on on back to back and back to back games. So it's uh it's not great. Never bodes well for this team. And, and that was the thing too. Like it's hard to be mad at this loss for just the loss itself, but you absolutely can be mad at this loss for how it happened. It's not like this team used all their effort and exhausted themselves on the defensive side of the ball. This team tried to run the Raptors out of the gym, but they ran themselves in the ground instead. So it, it, it's it was terrible like it was i hate to be dramatic but it was terrible like you you lose this game and afterwards for like an hour it was just one of those games where i was like man we we could have done a lot better if we just stuck to what we knew and i don't know why why the scheme was different in this game i really don't everybody knows what has to happen and it just didn't happen I guess I kind of get the idea. Like the Magic are twentieth in pace on the season. Toronto is twenty fifth in pace. So if your game plan was to speed them up and force them into turnovers, is which is exactly what you did. But the other part of that is you need to get stops. Yeah. On a normal night, I, I guess I would kind of understand that philosophy, but not the second night of a back to back, especially not on the road. Especially it's the last game before the All Star break. Yeah, that's just not you either. Like that's not your team. Like I get that you're if you're trying to you're you're trying to combat the other team's lack of pace, but it's like you're right there. You know what I mean? Like you're you're not far away from where they are when it comes to pace. You're a young team. You're going to commit. You know, you're going to commit turnovers. You obviously right. Like they you force twenty, but you yourself have nineteen, and on top of that, they score more points off turnovers than you do. So it it backfired is is what happened, and it's you know it it stinks. And they I don't even remember how many second chance points that they had, but it was an absurd amount off of those offensive rebounds. And it's just you know it's unfortunate, but that's that's the way last night went. As a young team, you're going to have stuff like that, but I just don't understand why that that happened. And so yeah, so the Raptors had 13 offensive rebounds for 18 second chance points. Just frustrating, a frustrating, frustrating loss. I understand. I expected a loss, but I didn't expect it to go like that. What is most frustrating for me is is not the result. Like that's usually quite often the case. Right. It's not about the result. It's not about the winner. About the loss. Usually, what is frustrating in losses, it's just about the way that the Magic choose to play. Yeah. Like you were playing into. Like Toronto was just shooting the crap out of the ball in the first half. Sure, they were turning the ball over a lot, but when they're able to clean that up, even in even in spurts, like the second half, the Magic thirteen turnovers to Toronto seven, so they do a much better job of taking care of the basketball in the second half. The Toronto Raptors do, but they still shoot fifty percent from the field, and they shoot thirteen of sixteen, good for eighty one percent from the free throw line. And the magic, I mean, if you just look at like the, the amount of free throws in the second half, four of seven, the magic just not aggressive in getting to the rim the way that they've been successful this year getting to the free throw line. But I mentioned this in the post game video that I did last night after the game. This was frustrating because we know what this team needs to do on a nightly basis to, to have success and to win games. And we know that they know because they've said it. 5,000 times this season. We've heard Jamal Mosley say it literally every single game for like the last month and a half. The way that we're going to have success is by hanging our hat on the defensive end. I'm pretty sure that is a direct quote. I'm sure if you run like AI through every single one of his post-game interviews for the last 90 days, you'll find at least, if you control F that, you're going to find that time after time after time. We have to hang our hat on the defensive end. When this team comes out and just completely refuses to do that, it's like, oh, they just got a bucket. Well, 
let's go get a bucket and then we're going to let them get a bucket and we're going to try to get a bucket again. Like, no, this team needs to put their heels into the ground. They need to sit down. They need to defend at the point of attack every single possession, night in, night out, if they are going to have sustained success. Rarely you're going to beat teams by outscoring them. For the Magic, we know you know, giving up 110 plus points, if you just go through the win-loss record on the season, it's a recipe for disaster for this Magic team. Where the Magic have the most success, you keep it in the low 100s, you keep it below 100, that's where the Magic's bread and butter is going to be. That's where you've got the best chance to win. And a game, again, that you had to have, like in my opinion, you had to have this game against the Raptors. You're chasing them in the standings. Now the the season series, I believe, is tied two and two. You're not going to see them again. You would have had a tiebreaker over them in this case. Now, you know, you may have to have other teams, you know, beat the Raptors a couple of times and you're going to have to have some other kind of tiebreaker if it comes down to that. If you come down and having the same record as the Raptors at the end of the season, where if you win this game, you don't have to worry about any of the other weird tiebreakers when it comes to, you know, postseason tiebreakers in the NBA. So frustrating. The last game before the All-Star break, I know everybody's thinking about vacation. They can't wait to go to Cabo or wherever it is they're going. You just needed to play good basketball for 24 more minutes. You would add a nice two-game win streak heading into the All-Star break. And now, like this Detroit game, the Magic should beat Detroit, like no problem. Now I'm going to sweat this Detroit game because next week's game, Detroit, Indiana, you have to go 2-0. and I don't think you can afford to lose either of those games. You have to go 2-0. and And now you're sitting at 21 games. You got, what, four or five weeks left of the season, and you got to start racking up wins, and you got to start doing it quickly. So if the Magic falls short of the plan, which is at this point I think is probably the most likely scenario where they just barely miss the plan, if they do, these are the games that we're going to look back at and be like, you needed that one. You needed that one. You you blew that one. Like you blow the Miami game. You blow the Sacramento game at home. You blow the Oklahoma City game, you know, in OKC where you have like an 18 point second half lead, I believe it was. And you yeah. should have beat this Toronto team. This Toronto team is not good. Like I believe currently constructed the Magic are a better team than this Toronto team. And they should have won yeah. this game. Um absolutely. I I have a question real quick. I don't know if it'll it, hopefully it's quick. I don't know. Um there's two people on this roster, two players on this roster that got minutes last night that I don't know if they're going to get minutes long term. I don't know what it's going to look like for them. One of them is Chumo KK. You made the point on the broadcast, you made the point. He's essentially he played 13 minutes last night, right? It's a little bit under that. He he absorbed basically Jonathan Isaac's minutes. Night before he doesn't play. Night before he didn't play, I was like, ah, maybe not that weird, just because he's getting back to, you know, game speed, conditioning, whatever it might be. I don't know. So then you go into this game and he basically just plays Jonathan Isaac's minutes. But I I, I don't know. I have questions about him. I got questions about Ball Ball. Cause that dude is is good to just give you a turnover a game with nothing on the assisting side of things. And he just gets lost defensively like yes. two, three times a game. It doesn't always kill you, but it's like, what are you looking at, man? What, where are you right now? And it, yeah, I mean, you bowl for the year, 1.8 turnovers, 0.9 assists. Doesn't even average assist a game. And he's almost giving you two turnovers. He's just, you know, he gets the ball. He's either going to turn it over or he's going to try to to get to the rim. And then he might lose the ball on the way there. So don't know what's to come for him. We will see. I'm not sure if as Jonathan Isaac's minutes go up, maybe into next year, you know, we, we see other people get minutes. Maybe Chuma takes Bulls minutes. And and J.I. is, you know, playing full strength to basically kick the ball out of the lineup at that point. 
I don't know. I don't know if that's a conversation probably for another day, but that's just something to put on the radar because I don't know. And something to continue to monitor is how many minutes Chuma is playing. If he starts racking up these DMPs, I don't know. Ball, ball. I just, these, those are my two question marks right now on the roster that I legitimately don't know what their future holds. Ideally, if we're talking about like, I just need to win one game. Like if, if it's all or nothing, ideally this gets tightened up to an eight man rotation where your starting lineup is Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Franz, Paolo, Wendell. And then coming in off the bench, you have Cole, Jalen, Moritz, J.I. Um, I th- I th- actually, that's nine. So, yeah, I forgot. I'm looking at this box score from the Toronto game. I'm forgetting that Cole didn't play. But that's that's your nine-man rotation right there. And it felt like we were getting into that. You know, no J.I. in this game. I know Cole has missed the last couple of ones. I think that's going to be your best opportunity to win. If somebody's out, I'd probably prefer to see Caleb Houston in the lineup over Chuma or over Bull Bull. Caleb might always, you know, fill it up offensively, but he very rarely hurts you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're talking about with Bull Bull. Is sure Bull Bull can have a great night and you know give you 18 points on 65% shooting, but then he's also going to have like his 0 for four nights with two rebounds and three turnovers. Mm-hmm. So I think the rotation needs to to tighten up, but I mean, really, I mean, I can't believe we're still saying this because I felt like we were past this. Everybody needs to be healthy. Everybody needs to stay healthy. Like we can't have Wendell missing games. We can't have Cole Anthony missing games. I know Jonathan Isaac is going to miss games, you know, second night of a back to back. As I look through the rest of the season here, we've got one, we've got two more back to backs the rest of the season. You've got a back to back, um, March 18th and 19th, that's a Saturday and Sunday that you're in LA to take on the Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. And then you got a back-to-back April 6th and April 7th um, at home versus Cleveland and at Brooklyn. Second night of a home road back-to-back. Again, these home road back-to-backs, they just really, really suck. And then after that, you've got one game left of the season uh, at Miami Sunday, April 9th. So, yeah, I think Bull Bull and, and Chuma, if I had it my way, neither of those guys would probably be in the rotation the rest of the way. It'd be those nine guys that I, I listed. And this is kind of a, a, a hot point amongst you know Magic Twitter and Reddit and just kind of all over the place is Jalen Suggs you know, versus Gary Harris. Like, At what point do you decide to go to Jalen Suggs? Like Jalen Suggs is probably more of the future of this team right now than Gary Harris. Gary Harris has shot the ball, you know, really well for most of the season, but it just, it feels like right now when Jalen is in the game, he's a bit more impactful than Gary Harris, uh, especially on the defensive end. Like Gary Harris is really good defensively. Jalen Suggs is like legitimately special. If you look at the last 10 games, Luke, for both of these guys, it becomes a really interesting conversation. Now, 10 games is a very small sample size, but you have to wonder just is the the ceiling of that starting unit a little bit higher with Jalen Suggs in the lineup? So let's just go through the numbers really quickly. I know we hadn't planned on kind of going through this, and I know this is going to be a, a touchy subject with Luke Sylvia. He very, very, very much loves Gary Harris, but the last... 10 games, so Gary and Jalen, I guess, have have played in nine of the last 10 games for the Magic here. It's a little bit different for different guys here, but same sample size for each of these guys, so it it works out. But Jalen Suggs is averaging 10 points, shooting 50% from the floor, shooting 43% from the three-point line, adding almost three rebounds, 2.3 assists, and almost two steals. Gary Harris is averaging 7.4 points, shooting 44% from the floor, 45% from the three-point line, adding 2.2 rebounds, one assist, and just over one steal. Mm. I don't know if we have to answer this question right now. I don't think 
like you're really moving the needle a ton either way. I think it's just kind of like fan preference and what they would like to see. Yeah. Jalen's been I, shooting the ball well as of late, but I don't know if he is perceived as a shooter yet, which affects your spacing. Mm-hmm. Gary Harris is a known shooter. So even if Jalen has been shooting the ball well, does he still hurt your spacing if he's inserted into the starting lineup? Well, I think that like you you really have to completely take points per game out of the equation solely for the fact that when Gary is playing, he's with the starting group. Fair. He's he's not a, a, a number one, number two, number three, even maybe number four option. So I, I think that that's with Jalen, it would be maybe he's the fourth option um, offensively. And, you know, I, I don't know. And, and like you said, it might just come down to preference who you want. Uh, but I, I don't know that there is much of a difference in terms of the starting impact, starting lineup impact, to be honest, um, on the, at least on the offensive end. Like you said, Gary Harris, very good defender. Jalen, Jalen Suggs, elite defender on the perimeter, especially. So we'll continue to monitor. Like you said, there's not really an answer right now. I don't really know that I have an answer. I wouldn't, I don't hate to see either of those guys in the starting lineup. So we'll see. And like you said, do you go the development route like this team so often does and and you start Jalen coming up here soon? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that. uh, I I would be surprised if Mosley were to make that decision. He's not really a guy that likes to disrupt and change his lineups a ton. And that would be like a massive change. Like that would be something where you, you feel incredibly strongly that that is going to have a big impact on the way that this team plays this late in the season to get away from Gary, who's been solid all year long. Jamal would have to really be like, no, like Jalen has essentially arrived and is going to just incredibly increase the ceiling of that starting lineup. And if we get the bench unit kind of cooking, this team is going to start winning a lot of games. It's just, we're, we're kind of doing this, Will we or won't we kind of, you know, you're at the prom and you see this girl, you're looking at each other (laughs) across the room and like Akon is playing. You're like, no, this isn't the right song. I'm not ready to walk up to her. And then like all of a sudden you're like, you're ready to walk up to her and they play freaking Cotton Eye Joe. And you're like, man, I missed my window. So it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. I would be surprised to see Mosley make a big move like that this late in the season. But I'd be lying if I said I hated it. Like, if we heard Jalen Suggs is going to start moving forward, I'm like, I told y'all. I told y'all he was him. You know what I'm saying? You don't You don't mind dancing with your girl to Cotton Eye Joe, huh? Doesn't sound like it. I'm not going to tell you what my wife and I do in, in <laughs> private time, all right? Psych. That's none of your business, Bro. doing the Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Ayo. Listen, folks, after every Magic victory the very next day, make sure you're getting your Papa John's. You get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. Don't even have to be in Orlando. You can be as far as 150 miles from Orlando, so long as you are farther than 75 miles from Miami. Get that victory pizza, folks. Taking a look ahead to next week, after the All-Star break, the Magic don't play again until next Thursday, February 23rd. They'll be at home to take on the Detroit Pistons, and then they'll take on the Indiana Pacers at home on Saturday, February 25th. Luke, I have the Magic going 2-0. These are two teams that the Magic are better than right now. These are two teams that the Magic need to beat. These are two two games the Magic need to win. And they will win these games, or I am going to be incredibly depressed. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh hopefully they're able to to pull those out. But I guess we'll uh we'll see what we really think once we get to kind of sit on this until what, Sunday we're gonna do are we gonna do I guess we'll do predictions Wednesday? again. I ain't changing my mind unless something, please, Lord, something bad happens all-star weekend in terms of health of our players. Or I I went through this during the New York Giants bye week where Xavier McKinney broke, almost lost his hand or lost a few fingers, I believe, in an ATV accident. Guys, just chill during this all-star break. Don't don't go zip lining. Don't go, you know, ATVing. None of that. Don't go skydiving. Everybody just chill. Enjoy some drinks by the pool or on the beach. 
have some nice food, get a lot of sleep, drink a lot of water, rest up, come back ready to go. I but feel like you just that, said what the training staff, you probably just said what the training staff was saying to the to them before uh, All-Star break here. So I think that was probably the verbatim speech. So there you go. That's all you needed. I certainly hope so, folks. Luke, I think that's going to do it for us. We got anything else? Did I miss anything? I don't think so. I do not think so. All right, folks. Again, if you didn't do it at the beginning of the episode, pull out your phone. Mark down March 3rd, 630 Burton's 801 East Washington. Come out and hang out with us. Watch the Magic take on the Charlotte Hornets. But other than that, that is going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.